back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. This is episode 108. Woohoo! We are talking about chapter 15 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. Mm. <laughs> More Umbridge? Oh, she's the worst. We like, had worst. Professor Umbridge, and then we had Detention with Dolores. And now we've got the Hogwarts High Inquisitor, which is also Dolores Umbridge. She's taking over the book. It's Dolores Umbridge and the Order of the Being a Jerk. Yes. That is the proper title. I almost said something. <laughs> I almost said a different word. This is a very PG show, so I'm Ooh, not going to do that. I, I think I know. Uh, it rhymes with stupid. <laughs> No. Uh, chapter 15 we're going to talk about today. Before that, we'll recap chapter 14 as we record here in December of 2022. It's almost Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas is on the way. We got it's trivia. Christmas time in the city. Christmas time on the podcast? I said that last time, I think. Uh, chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot, we talked about last time. Harry sends an owl to Sirius to update Sirius on everything going on at Hogwarts. Cho Chang comes into the Owlry, and Harry and Cho have a nice little moment. The Daily Prophet has an article claiming that Sirius Black is indeed currently hiding out in London, as our oven explodes in the background, <laughs> which you, you may have heard. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to soldier on here. Yeah, it's fine. Kitchen, I don't see flames. The kitchen's on fire. The smoke detector will go off if there's a problem. But a pot, the podcast needs to, to get done. Anastasia's having flashbacks now. We've traumatized her. Yeah, Anastasia did have like a self-cleaning oven that caught on fire or something. Didn't yeah. 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 And and because of Anastasia, I will never buy one of those self-cleaning <laughs> ovens. <laughs> or else I will never use that feature. Yeah. Uh, Sirius Black is indeed hiding out in London, which he actually is, so we don't know if that story is correct by accident or correct on purpose. Uh, Sturgis Podmore is arrested for allegedly being caught trying to sneak into a secure area of the ministry. Ron has a pretty rough first practice with the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Ron also gets an owl from Percy, basically saying that Ron needs to disassociate himself from Harry. If Ron wants to have any chance of being successful like Percy in the future. Which clearly is his ambition. Uh, the floating head of Sirius Black shows up in the fireplace once again. Tells Harry not to worry about any of that stuff that's going on at Hogwarts. And ends up treating Harry like a jerk. Simply because Harry thinks it's too risky for Sirius to meet him. 
him being Harry at Hogsmeade in dog form. That sums it up. Uh, chapter 15 this time, the Hogwarts High Inquisitor. And, Ooh. Uh, Jess, Percy told Ron to check out the Daily Prophet newspaper the next day. Yeah, they, they were all prepared to, to look for all these secret clues and <laughs> hidden messages. Did it? They didn't really have a hard time finding it. No, there was a lot of Percy quotes in there. A lot of Percy quotes. He was so proud of himself. Dude went on for like three pages. Sounds like it. Of italicized uh, text in our books. I mean, he basically wrote the article. He did. Well, the ministry is basically controlling the profits, so it makes sense that a ministry employee would basically write the article. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main takeaway from this big article is the fact that the ministry is giving, getting even more involved in the happenings at Hogwarts as Dolores Umbridge, already the ministry-appointed Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, is now going to be taking on the role of Hogwarts High Inquisitor. So, what does this new role entail? And is there, like, any comparisons to something in our world? I was kind I of, I was kind of trying to think of because of the education aspect, and we both worked in education. I mean, like, your principal or what we call an IS or IC would like come in and, like, coach or observe you. Yeah. But this is, like, somebody from the outside coming in. More mm -hmm. like, it's not even, like... One of the like big like administration like the, people coming yeah, from like the the, the state department or something. Yeah. the state department of education coming in and evaluating the teachers. And even from the education department, she's there is no education. It's mm -hmm. just like just from the the government. The government, in general. Just the government yeah. side to like come. The, yeah, the governor sends somebody down to grade the teachers. I almost said the governor's secretary, but I think she's a little better off than his secretary but mm -hmm. it kind of feels like his go-do person so what's assistant what's umbridge's assistant big to uh, the minister of magic <laughs> office reference put it on your bingo cards what's uh dolores's big job here um well right now we're watching her observe the teachers we kind of mentioned she's gonna Sit in on classes, take some notes, see what's going on, ask some questions, be a pan the butt. Basically, the the on-site spy for the ministry. Mm -hmm. Which, in according to the article, she already has been doing. Like, mm -hmm. she basically has been telling them what her version of what's going on, and therefore this is needed. Mm -hmm. That we need to formally evaluate these teachers. Because I seen some stuff. But at least is like what she said. And at least before this, the teachers could close their doors and not have to worry about, you know, somebody else coming in, mm -hmm. you know, outside of maybe Dumbledore, who's that's kind of his job. But I just I don't see Dumbledore as a guy who's going around and peeking over shoulders, do, doing walkthroughs in, in classrooms. He probably has like a painting or something he can just pop in. <laughs> just <laughs> pop in on the painting. A mirror the, he uh, can just watch. On the and... Sir Callaghan painting or whatever yeah. and just, hey, alright, everything looks good here. Looks Moving good. on. But yeah, Umbridge is going to be, in addition to teaching her own class, she's going to be in a lot of classes in this chapter and presumably taking down any kind of dirt or information she could get on 
Dumbledore's loyalist and reporting it back to the ministry. Yeah, she's... Nothing good's going to come of it. No. No. The, the more the ministry gets involved, and, and really the more the government gets involved in education in, in general, it, it just mucks things up. It's never good. I know we've talked about this several times about how, you know, these books were written years ago, but we keep finding things that remind us of today. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, this chapter, again, reminded me of things that are happening to, happening today and how the government's trying to, like, control what books can be in schools. Mm-hmm. And that's just, they're trying to hide behind, oh, well, the parents don't think it's appropriate, but... You just shouldn't control the books. Mm-hmm. You don't get to control books. Everybody gets to read books. Dropping like some Fahrenheit 451. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I did. I just us. did just read that a couple months ago. But it's also coming up at the library. Yeah. You know they're. Yeah, you work in the public library now. They're so. trying to keep. You know, they want to pull funding. If the library has any books that might be inappropriate for children, Mm -hmm. well, there's tons of books for all age ranges. I'm sure someone, some way, is going to say one of those, any of those are inappropriate Mm -hmm. for their child, but that's not what, that's not the point. Harry Potter, the the Harry Potter books have been, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, vilified in the past. It's witchcraft. Yeah. It's witchcraft. It's not. Like, it's fantasy. It's evil. It's it's imagination. It's fantasy. It's, you don't and the the thing for me is that, and I'm not going to go too far here because I don't want to lose listeners, but <laughs> it it all comes down to just religion and a lot of it, a lot of, not everything, but a lot of this stuff, like a, a lot of it comes down to these books are these things being taught don't fit with your particular religion. And I am all for everybody believing or not believing in whatever they want. But why should your personal beliefs be put onto other people and not let them be able to make up their mind for themselves, is my point. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, this is, this is government control. In, in the book that we're reading right now, the government control um, all the way down to micromanaging you know what what kids are learning and how they're learning it it's government getting control of daily curriculum in this wizarding school and that's going to be kind of a an overarching theme in this chapter as we get to uh, the conversation that Harry Ron and Hermione have at the end of the chapter is like what what do we need to do in order to to combat this but it's it's never good it, it basically it's just it's never good when People who have never been in a classroom try to tell people how to teach in a classroom. It's never a good thing. That is very true. And I've been teaching for, at this point, as we record this, 20 years. You might be listening to this in five years and I'm retired, but, you know, it's (laughs) never a good thing. Just like when we have these professional developments and somebody comes in who lives in San Diego, who's never been a teacher, who wrote some book and is is giving us a you know a rundown on on their theories and they've never been in a classroom they never worked with kids they've never you know uh dealt with a kid who didn't eat breakfast that morning because you know there was no food in the house or the kid who 
that didn't get their homework done because uh, they don't have any uh, electricity in the house and they couldn't see, you know, to do their homework last night. Never dealt with stuff like that. And it's, it's just frustrating. And like you said, things in this book that was written over 20 years ago still are relevant and still are pertinent today. And I think that's one of the, the great things about these books is that a lot of the themes, uh, like the big overarching themes, are still relevant today. But a lot of the little minuscule details, too, are really things that you can find in your in your daily life either in your personal daily life or things that you hear about on the news or or the internet or whatever are still very relevant and i think that's why these books 20 years from now will still have the lasting power whereas some books you know like the the mark twain books there's no connection you know there's you know probably 20 years after those books were were written the, the connections were there, weren't there anymore. But stuff like this, you could still see a lot of this in, you know, politics and society today and in the future. And we keep making connections. Every, you know, every book we keep finding things. Uh, kind of buried at the end of the article was a little snippet about Griselda Marchbanks and Tiberius Ogden resigning from their post on the Wizengamot due to their disapproval of what's happening and the daily prophet continuing you know kind of their their spin cycle here they even kept like captioned this news by telling the readers oh well, make sure to check out another article we have about march banks and her alleged links to subversive goblin groups you know so the daily prophet is continues to be in full smear campaign mode for people who don't blindly follow the ministry and the wizarding world is seemingly continuing to get further divided because it's not just, you know, Dumbledore against fudge. We're seeing a lot of people start to pick sides here and kind of either gravitate toward the ministry in Percy's uh, case or people that are, that have worked for the ministry for years who are starting to see the writing on the wall and see that, there's bad times coming and we're not probably handling this situation the way we should. Preparing the way we should. Uh, time for divination class with Professor Trelawney. Oh, that's always fun. Uh, just so happens that Umbridge is going to be observing this lesson, which is not a good thing for Trelawney. Uh, what was Trelawney's experience like during Umbridge's observation? Um, she just was rather rattled. Her voice was shaky, her hands were shaky, she was clutching, clutching her. and fidgeting and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, not having a great time. And I think she thought she was going to skate through with, I, I'm like, I see what you're doing. They're like, you're going to work on your own. And she's like, you're working in pairs, you're discussing your dream journals and I'm not actually going to have to teach in front of this woman. It'll be great. And she was it appears she was just going to go plop down in her chair, but realized that Umbridge was sitting right next to her. So she decided to float about the room. And so then Umbridge got up and followed her around the room, which just. I got news for you. A lot of teachers do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they see well, one of I the, said, I know what you do. When they see one of the bosses coming in or you know something like that, they'll all of a sudden float around and, you know, 
try to pop into the conversation and act like they're doing something when in reality they were ready to just give some plop. work and yeah. plop down. It's almost like she was intending to work with like small groups mm-hmm. and she was just going to float around to each group and make sure they were on task and doing what they're supposed to. But talking about yeah, their made up dreams she, in she their was about journal. To plop. So it, things do not seem to be going uh, very positive, p- positively for Trelawney. Umbridge asks her to uh, ask her about like her lineage and ask her like how many years she's been teaching. And well, your great great grandmother had the gift, right? And but you're the first one since that uh, in your family that's had that. Why don't you give me a a premonition right now? Which. And, is ridiculous because yeah. that is not how it works. And she was totally justified in saying that's not how it works. But she got pressured into pretend performing, which I think only made things it worse. It made things worse. Yeah. So not good for Trelawney. Uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts class next. So more Dolores Umbridge in this chapter. And of course, the new Defense Against the Dark Arts theory of education is just to read a bunch of stuff, not actually practice it. And just assume that the students have learned it to an appropriate level. So just sit there and quietly read a chapter. Yes. Well, Hermione, of course, has already read (laughs) all of the chapters. (laughs) Yeah. Harry said he was just about to look at the table of contents to see how many chapters were in this book and how long she could drag this out. Could she make it last the Mm -hmm. whole year? Yeah. Uh, When Hermione, Hermione raised her hand and said, I've already read this chapter. And the next chapter. I've read the whole book. And Hermione actually has a lot of questions about the material in the book. Yes, yeah, she wants to discuss it, like you generally do in class. Sure. Whether the kid's right or wrong, you still have to let them talk it out and think through it. And Hermione, uh, I think it was, uh, what was it about? It was about hexes. It was about... Counter jinxes? Yeah, jinxes. That's what it was. And Hermione's theory of these jinxes differed from the the author and umbridge didn't like that took five points from gryffindor which she's saying it doesn't matter what you think it doesn't matter what you think mark off your wrestling point on your bingo card or just the rock if you yeah just the rock the rock is his own his own space space. (laughs) rock is the free space in the middle (laughs) (laughs) because he's that important so this should have been the end of it, but of course, anytime Umbridge is doing something that Harry thinks is not okay, Harry has got a, a special itch that he f- feels like he needs to scratch. And he needs to set her straight. And uh, brings up the fact that Quirrell had Voldemort living in the back of his turban for an entire book. Yeah, Hermione, you know... You know she had this planned out. She was going to have this discussion with this woman. And mm-hmm. it was her way of defying her and pushing her buttons. Almost like daring her to give, daring you to give me detention. But I'm going to play by all the rules. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to do anything that would justify a detention other than annoy you. And, but in a way that, you know, doesn't break any rules. And that was her way to get, like, she even said, stay out of this mm-hmm. to Harry. Like, let me do what I'm trying to do here. But yeah, Harry can't. Can't keep his mouth shut. 
So more detention for Harry. This, of course, sets Angelina off because she's the Gryffindor Quidditch captain. And again, she won't have her secret practice because of his proclivity for getting himself detention. He kind of just does his own thing at practice. That's true. Like, anyway, what does he need like, to practice? You don't need him there to <laughs> to work with everybody else. It's like he yeah. can practice on his own. Yeah, exactly. It's like a cross country team. And, Do you really need the whole team there for practice? Yeah. Like, can't they just go run somewhere? And else? he's just looking for the snitch. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess there's some maneuvers he could practice, but yeah, he doesn't really need to be with the team. Uh, McGonagall is mad at both Harry and Angelina because of the ruckus their argument is causing in the Great Hall. But Harry's just in a he's just in a weird spot right now. He's just in a very frazzled state, a uh, very argumentative state. Yeah, he's, I was going to say he talked back to her. and Yeah, every, everything with Harry is kind of combative. He does it, I mean, he kind of snaps at Hermione all the time, too. And Hermione just kind of brushes it off. But things just aren't going great for him this year. And his attitude is a reflection of that. Constantly feeling like he has to be defensive. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, not believing him or misinterpreting what he's saying or what he did. He's just been getting it from all sides. But yeah, he really needs to stop. Uh, now it's time for Transfiguration class with Professor McGonagall. And this class is also observed by Dolores Umbridge. Ron but, is so excited. <laughs> Umbridge's interactions with McGonagall go a bit different than Umbridge's interactions with Trelawney, don't they? Yes. Because like James Brown said, Papa don't take no mess. <laughs> In this case, McGonagall don't take no mess. No. How did this uh, shake out in... Uh, transfiguration class. So she sweeps in, sees Umbridge, doesn't acknowledge her at all, and just starts her lesson. Like, no messing about. She comes in, says, that's enough. Everybody settle, quiet. <laughs> Does she ignore it the first time? Yeah, I, I think, think she, she ignores it completely the first time. And then she's like, she turns around finally, she's like, Yes. She's like, did you get my note about, and she did this to, to Trelawney too, about, did you get my note about the time and the place that I was going to observe you? And McGonagall's like, obviously, otherwise I would have asked you why you're in my classroom. <laughs> what the heck are you doing here lurking? And so then she immediately cuts her off and goes back to uh, what she was saying to the students about passing things out and getting things ready and starting the lesson. And she, again... <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> um, that that sound is traumatizing to me. Uh, so she stops. I think she ignores it, and she stops again, and she just says something about how are you going to observe me if I don't get to teach? If mm -hmm. you keep interrupting me, I don't let people talk in my class when Got I'm em. talking, and. And so she doesn't say anything. She just starts writing and McGonagall goes on with her. I think Ron was hoping for more of a yeah. a scene than that, but that's all that's all he got. Speaking of traumatizing, the actress that is playing 
the Queen on the new season of The Crown here in 2022 is the same actress that plays Dolores Umbridge in the movies. Yes, and I growled. How does a that make bit. you feel? <laughs> Can you not see her as ep- anybody else other than Umbridge? No. I don't know if it's because I've been, you know, watched so many seasons of The Crown. She's, you know, she's not dressing like Umbridge. She's dressing like the Queen so much so that she kind of camouflages herself, mm-hmm. I guess. She looks to me. She, they did a really good job. She looks more like the queen than the actress to me. But that voice still is a little... <laughs> Just makes your eye twitch a yeah. little bit. But the queen is more... Is, she does do a deeper voice and it's more controlled, whereas Umbridge was, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. high and stupid and yeah. squeaky. Yeah. And, Overly rosy. Uh, yeah. Which is not the queen. Uh, on to Care of Magical Creatures class. Still no Hagrid, so it's taught by Professor Grubbly Plank. Uh, I wanted to ask you what we make of the interaction between Grubbly Plank and Umbridge, because it's very civil toward one another. Is Grubbly Plank a big ministry supporter? Does she just know all the right things to say to not rock the boat? Um... Because this is probably the most pleasant interaction that that Umbridge has with any teacher all day. I felt like it was more of, you're a substitute, you don't really matter. Mm. You know, I've gotten that that feeling before. Sure, personal. (laughs) Personally. they They were touring around one time with somebody important. And, of course, they popped their head into the room I'm substitute teaching in. And I'm like... Like, why? Yeah, why? Why are you here? What do you want? Like, so dumb. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, why are you wasting everyone's time? Mm-hmm. Like, but you know what it is is, um, it. I was in a thir- certain third grade class, and that teacher keeps her kids very, very well behaved. Mm. And so they knew, that even though it wasn't their teacher and it was me, that classroom was going to be the ideal classroom to take a peek at to show off first rule of roadside beat sales but the most attractive beats (laughs) up front that's right oh we already had the office for today when you uh when the uh, higher-ups are visiting your school you take them to all the good classes all the good classrooms you don't take them to the ones that are in shambles so it's just more of a eh i'm not gonna lose too much sleep over the fact that yeah. this substitutes here. as far as Umbridge and the Ministry is concerned, we're already, it's already like a mark in the wing column. Whether she's a Ministry supporter or not, she's not it's Hagrid. Not yeah. Well, more detention for Harry because of a remark he makes during Care of Magical Creatures class mm. about uh, hearkening back to the Hippogriff incident with Malfoy. So he's got a week and a day in this one chapter. <laughs> And when Harry returns to the Gryffindor common room, Hermione suggests that the kids have to do something about Umbridge. But Hermione's not thinking of terms of getting rid of Umbridge or Ron's idea of poisoning her. What's poisoning her, her is, is an option. What's Hermione's thinking here? Um, She wants them to start learning on their own, which confused the boys quite a bit. Learning defense against the dark arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they did, when Harry was going to be in the Triwizard Tournament, they did look up 
spells and things that were above his year that he might need or find useful. And they did teach themselves those things, or well, they taught Harry. Um, so they have kind of done this already on their own, where they're taking it upon themselves to educate each other. So I could see where she would get to this, but she's even more... She suggests that Harry's the one that teaches them. Right. And that's the big that's the big takeaway here is that yeah, we need to learn this stuff and Harry, you should be the one to teach us. Which he does not like. No, he's not receptive at all to that idea. Harry feels like he's not qualified. He feels that like any success he has had to this point with Defense Against the Dark Arts has all been luck and I think he said like bumbling his way through it. Having help at the right moment. Yeah. So, I got ha- a little bit of, like, survivor's guilt mm-hmm. out of this. Like, don't think that I'm better than Cedric. You know, Cedric was older. He was supposed to be the champion. And Cedric died. Harry survived. Mm-hmm. But he's saying it could have just as easily been me. You know, Cedric was really just wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't supposed to be there. And because of that, was immediately taken out yeah because with no chance of figuring you know defending himself or anything he didn't even know what was going on boom gone yeah still thought he was in the the tournament yeah he was like is this another challenge is this another thing we have to to do so why is harry just so not open to the to this idea that hermione has is it just his overall frustration with everything this year um, does he not have faith in himself because kind of all of his former biggest advocates like Sirius, Dumbledore, McGonagall, they all seem to be either mad at him or not so not as friendly to him anymore. Does he not like have the 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 confidence in himself right now? Why is Harry just so uh, against this idea? I think he is. Like I kind of said earlier, he's just like dead on locked in being defensive. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a little bit too what you're saying where he doesn't feel supported. And a little bit of the survivor's guilt, you know, he, like, he, like he said, he just doesn't feel like... He doesn't feel like any of those were wins. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't celebrate any of those moments. He yeah. just survived them. Whether it was because he had help or some, he got lucky, some little trick that, you know, his his mom's protection that he didn't even know about. It just happened to be there Mm -hmm. and it happened to save him. Things like that. So he doesn't count any of those as like a success other than he survived. Right. So, but all of the reasons he's listing of why he shouldn't do it are all of the reasons that Hermione's going to list that he should. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he did, he, nobody else has been through these things. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot of professors haven't been <laughs> <laughs> through those things. Through these things, you know, other than um, uh, who was our, who was the the pretty boy uh, defense against the dark arts teacher? <laughs> Lockhart. <laughs> Lockhart was. Uh, I mean, he battled like werewolves and stuff. There's oh. books about it, Jess. I, I got him on my little advent calendar. By yeah, the I got way. Uh, I got Jess a Funko Pop uh, Harry Potter advent calendar. 
She's been she gets to open a new character every day. This one's had quite a variety. There's a Bellatrix up there. There's a coral in there. <laughs> coral in there. Oh, hold on, I gotta check and see if he's got. Oh, uh, you can't tell. No, don't know what's hiding under the turban there. No. Uh, so oh, Rita Skeeter too. We forgot about her. That's where we uh, end the chapter here with Hermione trying to convince Harry that you are indeed the man for the job. You are indeed the one that can teach us properly how to defend ourselves against the dark arts and Harry not having any of it. And, you know, Hermione generally has these ideas and Ron and She's Harry. She's got a lot of ideas about a lot, a lot of, ideas. of things. She reads a lot. She gets ideas. Um, but <laughs> Maybe that's why they're trying to ban these books in libraries. They don't want, they don't they don't want, want you young get people ideas. getting ideas. Um, don't you be getting ideas now. But Harry and Ron usually just share a look and roll their eyes and let her run out of, run herself out of steam. But that kind of too goes into he what you said about not being supported. Ron clearly isn't on the same page as him. Ron's on the same page as Hermione. And he's just like, wait, now what? It feels like his friends are teaming up on him. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? So it remains to be seen how this is all going to shake out, but that's pretty much the end of Chapter 15, The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. Yet another uh, chapter with featuring a whole lot of Dolores Umbridge. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, we do have an email before we go. We have an email. I was wondering. Because uh, you kind of kept looking at your sheet. I was like, I wonder if there's an email on yeah, there. Yeah, my copious notes here. Uh, this email comes from Candace in Las Vegas. Hi, Candace. Send We've to been us, there. Uh, Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And you can always send those emails in as well. We'll give you a shout out and read it on the air here. And Candace writes, I read a theory online the other day and wanted to get your opinions on it. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was about why Hermione is seemingly so much smarter than her peers. Students don't start wizarding school until they are age 11, but since Hermione is muggle-born, she would have been in school since she was five. Do you think this has anything to do with Hermione's brilliance compared to the other students? It couldn't hurt. I mean, it just really couldn't hurt. She just had more education, more structure in her education, just better foundation. But regardless, I mean, I think Hermione's just brilliant. Mm Mm-hmm. Just got a high IQ. Yeah. Um, and then she's driven, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always people say, well, how come you weren't in Ravenclaw? And she, there's apparently something that J.K. wrote about. She could have been in Ravenclaw, but she didn't want to be in Ravenclaw because she already felt like she was behind mm-hmm. because of being muggle-born and not knowing anything about the wizarding world until right before she went to Hogwarts. I think she could also be in Slytherin. She's just that ambitious. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything it's, but Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't have the... Ta- I mean, it's not that she's not tactful, but she's rather blunt and yeah. logical. And, mm-hmm. and then she might think about feelings afterwards. Yeah. So why isn't Harry as smart as Hermione? Like, he went to muggle schools, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it is he it because did. like he didn't have like as much access to books living under the stairs or support or yeah they didn't I have mean, parents there wasn't supportive any of education there. like taking them to I'm sure Hermione's parents took her to libraries and stuff mm-hmm. like my dad used to take uh, my sister and I to the library like every weekend mm-hmm. and it was like a because I'm a, a nerd it was a <laughs> it was like a fun thing to do and. You know, I know a libraries, you working in one, you tell me all these stories about how libraries are so different and kids just come and play on the computer all the time, but we didn't have that option. That wasn't computers. They had computers to look up what books they had, and it wasn't even like computers now. It was more like a, like a Rolodex, you know, microfish type of uh, situation. But I'm sure Hermione's parents, like, you know, took her to you know educational you know things like concerts and museums and and they just had expectations mm-hmm. and they celebrated when she did well like mm-hmm. she came home with an a that was she got the pizza, well received. she got the pizza hut book it she thing did. probably the personal pan pizza if if uh harry had no ex they had no expectations for him yeah. if he came home with an a who cares yeah. they, they would have given his personal pizza to dudley mm-hmm. for sure definitely so, I mean, I think Harry is very smart, but I still think Hermione has a higher just overall IQ. And then you add on to that the support and the expectations mm-hmm. and the education she got. Environment makes a, a enormous difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have two, two kids with the exact same IQ and the environment you know, that they're raised in makes a big difference in, you know, how they're going to function and perform, uh, not only in an educational setting, but just in the world in general. Harry's only motivation was to not get hassled, not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't have any motivation to do well in anything. Yeah. Just fly under the radar. Plus, we know he got, you know, picked on in school Mm -hmm. because we heard stories about how he was running from bullies and ended up on the roof. Mm-hmm. Actually, if he did do well in school and was doing better than Dudley, which probably wasn't hard, that probably wouldn't have been re- well received. They wouldn't want to look two yeah. report cards and see the reject mm-hmm. orphan boy doing better than their Dudley. Plus, you need food is energy. Mm-hmm. And it's... <laughs> And, you know, you can't... That's why Book It worked so well. You can't think right if you're not eating. And they obviously weren't feeding him very well over the years. <laughs> He's so... His his growth has had been stunted so much. So he obviously wasn't getting the fuel for his brain either. Exactly. And it kind of made me think of another thing, Candace's email here. So what do wizarding kids do before age 11? Like, do they... Do they go to primary school? Yeah. Do they go to like a wizarding primary school? Do they go to regular schools? Are they homeschooled? If they, I'm, I'm certain, and I'm I'm not certain, but I'm, if I had to bet money, I would say that Draco was probably homeschooled. Oh, but definitely by the by somebody they hired. But if they're homeschooled, is it a wizarding education education, or is it more closer closely related to like a Muggle? homeschooling where you get like you know basics and math and and reading and things like that. Yeah I'm sure it's just basics because 
I mean, everybody who comes to Hogwarts knows how to read. Yeah. They have to know how to read. So somewhere along the lines, whether it's homeschool or some sort of primary education, it's not like a TV program. They weren't sitting down and watching Sesame Street or anything. But are they... I wonder if they're, in addition to, like, basics of, like, you know, learning your numbers and learning your alphabet and learning, you know phonics and and things like that are they also taught you know wizarding stuff because with kids i mean you have to be careful what you tell a four-year-old because they will tell everybody Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) you know what's to stop but i think a lot of the wizards live in like wizarding communities gotcha so they don't really have especially the malfoys i'm sure have zero interaction with yeah with muggles so that wouldn't be a an issue a great question. Great question, Kansas. Thank uh, Kansas. Kansas. That's not no Kansas anywhere. Candace. Candace. In Las Vegas. Vegas. Oh goodness. Uh, she is not named Kansas, nor, to my knowledge, have ever resided in, in the state of Kansas. It's just a bunch of corn, Candace. And wheat. If you're curious. And a lot of wheat there. Corn. Very flat. Yes, very flat. So boring to drive through. Uh, shout out to our friends in Kansas who <laughs> are listening. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, you you have a wonderful state that's uh, it's beautiful right right next to us fields at, of gold here in uh, in Missouri. <laughs> As we walk Howdy through neighbor. fields of gold, a uh, shout out to everybody who downloading, listening, and subscribing. We really appreciate it. We if you think we're doing a good job, leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And uh, other than that, I think we're just going to wrap it up here. Yeah, I think our dinner's about ready. A uh, shout out to Jennifer in California. Jane and Ronnie in Illinois, Kelly and Olivia in New York, um, uh, Catherine and Amelia and uh, in Illinois, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Anastasia in Connecticut. Uh, is that all the inner circle? Luke. I'm still. Uh, I'm still feuding with Luke. Remember, because oh, he, he said uh, he oh, said he rhinos, rhinos weren't his anymore. favorite weren't his favorite animal. Yeah, but we upset him last week, so I think we. Yeah, we somebody was talking on. about making out, and <laughs> I don't bring it up again. I kind of I kind of got a lot of blame for that. Let the record state that <laughs> it was it, me. It was not me. I'm the problem. It's me <laughs> who threw out accusations of. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> it, was, it was just a joke. Jessica, you need to control yourself a little bit. Because... I thought I could make that joke because you were my husband. <laughs> and it would be clear that it was a joke. <laughs> but to a child, it was not clear. I'm, I'm, I'm saying sorry. You just need to be more careful. Because words, words matter. Words do matter. And uh, hopefully this podcast matters to you. Uh It's been Broomsticks and Butterbeer, Chapter 15, The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. Until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Or a git. Bye. Bye. I got some magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold.